in the name of Jesus. Shall we pray? Lord, we thank you, Lord, for tonight. Speak unto us. Thank you that it's a, it's a night of appointment. It's a day that we meet you, Lord. That you speak unto us, that you minister to us. In the name of Jesus, anoint me, Lord. Touch my lips with the coals of fire. May you speak through me. May your words be on my tongue in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, for the hearts of my hearers, that their hearts will be like a good soil, that the seed of your word that is planted into their hearts brings forth fruit, even a hundredfold. In Jesus' name have we prayed, and all the saints shall say amen. amen. All right, you want to take your seat and give the Lord a mighty clap of friend. <laughs> Hallelujah. Tell somebody that I'm excited to see you. Tell another person I'm happy to see you. Tell somebody you are looking glorious and you are looking wonderful. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you very much. I'm happy to see my flower girl. Hallelujah. Amen. I've missed her. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. All right, so we've been learning, or this, this month, we've been learning about spiritual giftings. Amen. Yeah. And last, last week, we, we went through an exercise to help us identify our spiritual gifts. And I want to encourage, how many of you were not around last week? All right. And then, uh, please, all the, the various shepherds, the various shepherds, please do well too take them through the exercise. Hallelujah. Amen. So all those who are not around, see your shepherds. Amen. Amen. Ruth, you can see Buffy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> 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 Hallelujah. Because I need you to do that exercise because I'm interested in knowing your results. Amen. So when you do the exercise, and then after that, send it to me. Hallelujah. Your shepherds will tell you how you should do it and send it to me. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, let's turn about the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Today, today I'm just, last week I, I shared briefly before we entered into the exercise on the spiritual gifts. But today I want to share on the spiritual gifts. I want to go more into detail on the spiritual gifts. Amen. And then next week I'll talk about so today, today's message, we could title it Understanding Spiritual Gifts. Understanding Spiritual Gifts. Then next week, I'm going to talk about how to flow in spiritual gifts. Amen. How to, how to flow, how to operate, how to flow in spiritual giftings. Amen. And then the last Wednesday, the last Tuesday, I'll be, the last Tuesday will be an, a time of impartation. <laughs> Amen. It will be a time of impartation. Hallelujah. Because you need to operate spiritual gifts. Amen. You need to. You, it's a must. You have to. We need it. And I'm going to, this, I'm going to take us to some scriptures that we read last week, but I want us to look at it again. Amen. Ephesians 6 verse 10. Uh, give me a message translation. We need spiritual gifts. Ephesians 6, verse 10, it says that, and that about wraps it up. God is strong, and he wants you strong. Hallelujah. Verse 11. 
He says that, so take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials. Take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials. And I said last week that the spiritual gifts are spiritual gifts, are weapons God has given us. They are well-made weapons of the best materials. Amen. Amen. Weapons that God has given us. And we need those weapons. Amen. He said, take everything. You know, every Christian, when you look, we, we mentioned some of the giftings and all that last week, isn't it? We, lo- we saw the giftings that are mentioned in the book of First Corinthians chapter 12, and then we also saw um, giftings and giftings that are mentioned in the book of Romans chapter 12. Amen. Amen. What you have to understand is that, particularly the giftings mentioned in First Corinthians 12, every Christian potentially is a carrier of those nine giftings mentioned in First Corinthians 12. Every Christian potentially is a carrier of those nine giftings. However, what happens is that when we find ourselves in a certain place, like in a local church, it is not all of us that would, would flow in. Each and every person will have a certain gift or gifts that will be dominant in that person. You understand? But you'll be surprised that when you go out, when you go out to another place, you see that you are operating in those gifts. You are operating in those gifts. If you've have ever had the opportunity of going on missions, how many of you have been for missions before? I'm planning. We have to plan. We have to. We have to go for missions. <laughs> we have to go for missions in the north. Hallelujah. You realize that when you go on missions, the giftings become more pronounced. Amen. The giftings become more pronounced. So please, desire, you know, irrespective of the the exercise that you did, and from the exercise you did, you saw your dominant gifts, and you saw your subordinate gifts, and you saw giftings that uh, are not yet manifesting in your life and all that. Still understand that you are a potential carrier of all the nine gifts in the book of 1 Corinthians 12. Amen. So as far to develop each of them, be interested in each and each of them, be um, steady about each of them, get to know each of them, and start developing each of them. Because what you have to understand about the gifts is that the gifts can be developed. Amen. The gifts can be developed. The gifts can be developed. It's just like it's just like a muscle. It's just like a muscle. You know, when you have uh, muscles can be developed or muscles can be made strong or if they are not used, they can become weak, isn't it? If they are not used, they become weak. And if they are used, they become strong, isn't it? I guess I'm full of muscles here. Judith, you have muscles. Uh, did she do push up? Uh, come between, did she do push up? You did one and a half. So how many did you do? One. You have to train. Uh, Saturday titles in Crete, you have to do ten. 
So between now and start, start the start, start training. Hallelujah. So they can be developed. And I want to encourage you that seek to know the gifts. Seek to desire the gifts. I'll show you the scripture. If you, so he's saying that word. Take everything the master has set out for you. Well-made weapons of the best materials. And he says that. And put them to use. And put them to use. So you'll be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. Put them to use. Hallelujah. Put them to use. To put them to use. All right, verse 12. Ephesians 6, verse 12. It says that this is no afternoon athletic contest that we we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. In other words, this life that we are called into, this spiritual life that we are called into, is not just a one-off something. You know, it's not just a, it's not just a Sunday something or a Tuesday something or a one-month something. It says that this is for keeps a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Against the devil and all what his angels. Next verse. And look, he says, be prepared. Be prepared. So start preparing yourself. Amen. Amen. Be prepared. Tell to be prepared. be prepared. He says, you are up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. And what's the help you can get? Every weapon God has issued, and I'm saying that the weapons that God has issued are the spiritual gifts. The spiritual gifts are the weapons that God has issued. So he's saying that what? Take all the help you can get, every weapon God has issued, so that when it's all over, by the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter, chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31. He says that, but covet earnestly the best gifts. Look at it, covet. Tell the penalty to covet. And not just covet, but covet earnestly. Covet earnestly the best gifts. What are the best gifts? I said it last week. What are the best gifts? The, the best gifts are the gifts that are needed per time or the gifts that are needed at a particular time. Amen. That is why you should, you should learn, all, learn about the gifts because you find yourself in a situation where maybe the gift that is needed at a time is the gift of healing or the gift that is needed at a time is the gift of discernment or the gift that is needed at a time or at a particular, particular time is the gift of faith or the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues or the gift of prophecy. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 14 verse 1. It says that follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. Give me message or amplified or NLT. Give me amplified. Okay, message. It says that go after a life of love as if your life depended on it because it does. And it says that what? Give yourselves to the gifts God gives you. Give yourselves what? To the gifts God gives you. So all the spiritual gifts that God has given you, Bible saying that give yourself to it. Give yourself wholeheartedly to it. And, you know, exercise it. Train yourself in it. Develop the gifts. Develop the gifts. 
Amen. Give me amplified. Eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. Make it your aim, your great quest. It says that an earnestly desire and cultivate the spiritual endowments or gifts. Earnestly desire. Tell to endlessly desire. Endlessly desire. And cultivate the spiritual endowments spiritual and gifts. We need the giftings of the spirit. If you are to function effectively as a Christian, you need the giftings of the spirit. Amen. If you are going to be of help, even to yourself and to other people, you need the giftings of the spirit. The Bible teaches us that the kingdom of God is not in talk, or it's not a matter of, it's not talk, but of power. So as Christians, we don't just talk. Amen. We don't just talk. We must also demonstrate power. Hallelujah. And what makes us demonstrate power are the giftings of the Spirit. The giftings of the Spirit is what makes us demonstrate the power of God. I'm everyone who demonstrate the power of God. Yeah. I believe you want to demonstrate the power of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So, Give yourself to the giftings of the Spirit. Desire the giftings of the Spirit. Amen. When I was a Christian, in my, I believe it was my, my when I was in the first year in the university, of course, when I was in secondary school, I was operating the giftings, some giftings of the Spirit. But in the first year in the university, I came across a book, it was, by, uh, it was a French book, by Kenneth Hagen. And the title of the book was Concerning Spiritual Gifts. Concerning Spiritual Gifts. But now, that book is not really in print, but you can get another book. It's um, The Holy Spirit and His Gifts. Holy Spirit and His Gifts by Kenneth Hagin. It's a very good book. Amen. So when I came across a book concerning spiritual gifts by Kenneth Hagin, I read that book. It, it, it gingered me. It stirred me up. It turned me on to eagerly pursue spiritual gifts. Amen. And it was that book that made me, opened me up to the gift of interpretation of tongues. Because Kenneth Hagen, in that book, Kenneth Hagen spoke about how he started by interpreting his own tongues. And after interpreting his own tongues, he now began to, you know, he went further to interpret the tongues of other people. And so I set out and I started interpreting my tongues. Don't worry, next, today I can just mention, but next week I'll show you how to do all those things. <laughs> Amen. I'll show you all the tricks. Amen. I'll even show you how to see visions. Amen. I'll show you how to, how to see visions. I'll, 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 that's next week. Today I'll just, I'll, I'll just explain the gifts. Next week too, I'll show you how to, how to prophesy. Amen. How to, how to, Tongues and how to interpret tongues. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I want you to just, I want you to hunger for the gifts. I want you to desire them. Amen. Because we need them. We need them. We need them. You know, Irama was talking about when her mom, I, I was in the service actually. Did mommy tell you? I, I was in the service. And Papa, picked, Papa, Papa said all those who are called joys should come forward. And then he, 
he picked and he, he saw Irama's man was like, ah, he, he sees her wearing a St. Monica's dress. And he asked her, ah, did she go to St. Monica's? She said, yes, she went to St. Monica's. <laughs> and he mentioned the year that she was in St. Monica's. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you realize that, Charlie, it is needed. What do you think? It is needed. It's needed. Hallelujah. All right, let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12, from verse 1. It says that now, all right, give me King James. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. I mentioned this last week. I mentioned again that Paul is saying that he would not have us ignorant. In other words, we should not be what? Ignorant of spiritual gifts. We should not be ignorant of what the gifts are, how to operate the gifts, how to function in the gifts, how to flow in the gifts. We should not be ignorant. Amen. Next verse. Okay, please jump to verse 4. He said that now there are diversities of gifts by the same spirit. And there are differences of administrations by the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. So like I was saying, you know, there are, there are, there are differences in the way the gift is administered. You know, right now as I was praying, I, I spoke about, I pray for Irama and I pray for Ruth, that Irama will be seeing visions and Ruth will be, will be writing. As she's writing, it's, it's prophetic, you know. So do, those are differences of administration. Differences of administration of a prophetic gift. Hallelujah. So everybody's own, we could all have a, two people could have the same gift, but the way by which they operate the gift, the way by which they administer the gift is different. Amen. You know, when it comes to even um, word of knowledge, some people see visions. And those, so maybe somebody's phone number, they'll see the phone number. You know, and then they'll mention But some people, they may not see the phone number, but they'll hear the phone number. They'll hear an angel telling them the phone number. And they so it's, 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 it's the same word of knowledge, but the way by which it is administered or the way by which it is operated is different. Hallelujah. Verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit without. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit without. Now, let's go. For to one is given by the Spirit, so it begins to mention the gifting. For to one is given by the Spirit a word of wisdom. So the first gift that's mentioned is the word of wisdom. The next one to another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. So the second gift that's mentioned is word of knowledge. Then the third one, to another faith by the same spirit. So faith is another gift. To another, the gifts of healing by the same spirit. That is another gift. Next. To another, the working of miracles. So that's another gift. To another, prophecy. That's another gift. To another, descending of spirits. That's another gift. And to another, diverse kinds of tongues. That's another gift. And then to another, the interpretation of what? Tongues. Hallelujah. So how many gifts are mentioned here? Nine gifts, good. Now it says that verse, verse 11. But all these worketh that one and the self same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. All these worketh, that means what he's saying that all these gifts are worked or they function, they are enabled by the same spirit of God, by the one 
and self same spirit of God. Amen. By the one and self. So any any of the giftings that you function in or operating or flowing in it, it has all been worked or energized or activated by one spirit, which is the spirit of God. And it says that the spirit of God divides to every man severally as he will. That's what I'm saying that each and every one of us have several giftings. Amen. Like I said, actually, you potentially have all the giftings. But, you know, when we are in a local church like this, it's not, all those giftings will not necessarily be manifestation from one person because it's distributed amongst us in the local church. You understand? All right. So now the giftings of the Spirit, I, I said that there are nine giftings that I mentioned. Those nine giftings, you know, Bible teachers have grouped them into three. Say Bible teachers, I mean Hagen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, they've been Hagen and other other Bible teachers have grouped them into three. So they, we, are, we have what we call the vocal gifts. We have what we call the vocal gifts. So when I say vocal, speech, speaking, they have to do with speaking. So we have the vocal gifts. We have the Revel- the gifts of revelation or the revelation gifts. We have the vocal gifts. We have the revelation gifts. And then we have the power gifts. We have the vocal gifts. We have the... So the vocal gifts have to do with one speaking. They have to do with one speaking. That's why they are called vocal or the gifts of speech. They are called vocal. And the revelation gifts have to do with what, um, receiving supernatural knowledge or supernatural revelation. That's why they are called revelation gifts. Amen. And then the power gifts have to do with demonstration of power. The power gifts, uh, they, when they are operated, power is displayed or power is demonstrated or power is manifested. Amen. So the vocal gifts are tongues, Interpretation of tongues and prophecy. Those are the vocal gifts. Tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy. And of course, when someone is operating the gift of tongues, the person is speaking, isn't it? When somebody is interpreting tongues, the person is also speaking. And when somebody is prophesying, the person is also speaking. Amen. Now, the next one, the next category is the revelation gifts. The revelation gifts. The revelation gifts. And the revelation gifts, like I said, it has to do with info, receiving of information. Receiving of information. And that one, the first one is the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom. The word of knowledge. And the descending of spirits. The word of wisdom. The word of knowledge. And the descending of spirits. I was listening to Jerry Savell, one of Jerry Savell's messages for the year, and he was talking about how he had been listening to Kenneth Hagen several times. He, he, he had been listening to a message by Kenneth Hagen. He's listened to it a number of times, but he was just listening to it at the beginning of this year again, and then he realized he heard Kenneth Hagen say something that he had not, although he had listened to the message several times, he had not heard before. And he heard Kenneth Hagen say that the gift, the word of knowledge and word of wisdom you know, in the center of spirits, uh, God told him that it also refers to the gift of 
seeing and knowing. The gift of seeing and knowing. Amen. And I agree because, you see, it says seeing and knowing. It brings revelation. So word of wisdom, word of knowledge, descending of spirits, they are classified under the gifts of revelation. The gifts of revelation. Or if you want to go by what Hagen was saying also, the gifts of seeing and knowing. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you know Kenneth Hagen? Amen. How many of you have heard of highly about when people talk about Hagen? Amen. How he went for Hagen. Hagen's anointing. Amen. How many of you can say it? <laughs> You must, you, must, you must learn it to be able to say it. <laughs> yeah. Buffy is getting there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. He says that. 1987, after being a diligent student of that great patriarch of faith, the Kenneth E. Egan of Blessed Memory, I made a trip to Tulsa, Oklahoma to actualize my desire. God, that which makes again, again. I want it. May that be your prayer in Jesus' name. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the gifts of revelation, and then after that we have the power gifts. The power gifts. The power gifts, there are three also. The gift of faith. The gift of faith. The gifts of healings and then the working of miracles. The gift of faith, the gift of healings, and then the working of miracles. The gift of faith, gift of healings, and the working of miracles. All right, so you have that, isn't it? Good. So now let's take them one by one and go into it. The first one is the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues. So the gift under the, the gift of tongues, so let's say the, under the gift of tongues, first of all, we have what we call the devotional tongues. The tongues that every Christian that is filled with the Spirit, that is baptized with the Spirit, speaks. Is your devotional tongues. You, it's your prayer language. Amen. It's your prayer language. And it's something every Christian has. It's your prayer language. And then we also have diverse kinds of tongues. We, there are times that God gives people the supernatural ability to speak in a language, in, to speak in a known language that they have not learned before. Amen. Yes. To speak in a known language that they have not learned before. So, you, somebody can, I mean, Prophet Manasseh was saying how when there was a time he was speaking in tongues and it was Dutch. You know, so, and when you read the book of Acts 2, you see how when they were speaking in tongues, the Bible said everybody heard them speaking in their own language. You know, those were proper languages. They were not heavily languages. When you are speaking in tongues, your, your devotional prayer language, it's a, it's a heavenly language. Amen. But there's also the diverse kinds of tongues where God gives somebody the supernatural ability to speak in a known language 
that he or she has not learned. Amen. Now, we also have the tongues where it is, this is the tongues that is used in conjunction with the gift of interpretation of tongues. So this is the tongues that when you are speaking, it is a message from God. It is a message from God. So you have a prayer language where when you are speaking in tongues, you are speaking to God. You are speaking to God. There's also a certain kind of tongues that when you are praying, God is speaking through you. <laughs> God is speaking through you. And there's also a certain kind of tongues that when you are saying, it is another language you have not learned. Amen. Amen. With practice, you get to know. <laughs> now, so there's a kind of tongues, I'm saying that there's a kind of tongues that when you are praying, it is God speaking through you. It's not you speaking to God. It is God speaking through you. And that is the tongues that has, has to be interpreted. You understand? Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 12. No, chapter 14. Verse 3, King James. All right. It says that, but he that prophesied, let's, all right, he that, he that prophesied speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. Next verse. He that speaketh in a known tongue edified himself, but he that prophesied edified the church. Now verse 5. He's, Paul is saying that, I would that ye all speak with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. What is Paul saying? Paul is, not, Paul is not discounting tongue speaking. What Paul is saying is that, he said, I would that ye all speak with tongues. I want all of you to speak in tongues. But rather that ye prophesy. What Paul is saying is that, when we, come to the, when we come to church, it's good all of us speak in tongues. But when one person like me, I come before you, and the whole service, the whole time I'm preaching or I'm talking, I am speaking in tongues. Would it benefit you? It won't benefit you. But you know that it will benefit me. But it won't benefit you. But when I prophesy, it will benefit you. Because, and he's saying that what? For greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret. Greater is he that prophesied in the sense that the person who prophesies, as compared to the person who speaks to tongues, is greater in the sense that the person who is prophesying is being of benefit to the church. Or it's been of benefit to those who are hearing him because they can understand what he's saying. Amen. So he's saying that for greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh with tongues except he interprets. What it means is that when one speaks in tongues and interprets, it is the same as prophesying. You understand? When you speak in tongues and you interpret the tongues or the tongues is interpreted, it is the same as prophesying. Because when the tongues is interpreted, it is now 
spoken in a language that people can understand. And that's what I started by. I said that the tongues that is God speaking through you, that tongues has to be interpreted. Whether it's a message, sometimes, like I said, you can be speaking, you can be speaking praying in tongues for yourself, and amid the praying in tongues for yourself, eh, there will come a tongue that is not you praying to God, but God speaking to you, and you should be able to interpret that tongue. You should interpret that tongue. Amen. Amen. Let me show you verse 14. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14. Next week, I'll teach more on how to interpret tongues. Today, I'm just introducing you to the gift. But next week, I'll teach how to interpret tongues so that as you are praying, you interpret your tongues. Amen. Look, at, he says that, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. It's true. If I come, my spirit is praying. But right now, what I said, did you understand what I said? I also didn't understand what I said. Amen. But if I'm praying in tongues, where, like I told you, it is the tongues, is God speaking through me, then that one, eh, I should be able to interpret it because that means that it is a message God is giving me. It's a message God is giving me that if I don't interpret it, I have not decoded a message. I mean, I'm sure a lot of us have watched certain movies. Um, maybe some people were looking for maybe a fortune or a puzzle or something. They, they searched, they, they traveled a long distance and all that, and they went to get the, get the puzzle. Or maybe, maybe in order to get access to the, the fortune or the gold, they came across uh, a puzzle. And now the puzzle, they have to decode the puzzle. Have you watched a movie like that? Do you know that? <laughs> if they are not able to unlock the puzzle, even though they have traveled and searched and searched, and, they've traveled and searched and searched and searched, and eventually got the puzzle. If they don't unlock the puzzle, they will still not get the treasure. So it was one thing, searching, and then they got the puzzle. It's another thing, unlocking the puzzle. Now, when you speak in tongues a lot, when you speak in tongues a lot, which is the tongues you are speaking to God, your spirit is searching. Your spirit is searching. Your spirit embarks on a search. It's searching, 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 searching. And I can show you the scripture that your spirit is searching, 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 searching. After your spirit has searched and searched and searched and searched and searched, God will now speak through you, speak through you and to you in tongues. It means that now you have gotten, you have said and said, now your hands have laid hold on the puzzle. Or your hands have laid hold on the code. But it's still not enough. And that's where a lot of Christians miss it. Now that your hands have laid hold on the code, you have to unlock it. But a lot of Christians, and that's why I always say that, listen, if you speak in tongues, after speaking in tongues, let's say you speak in tongues for one hour, if you speak in tongues for one hour, God will speak to you. And you can always know it. And that, you see, I was telling you that 
you know, when you speak in tongues, it's you, you are praying to God. But there's one that God is now speaking through you. And this is how you can observe it when your tongues has changed and it's now God speaking through you. When you wake up in the morning or even you come to church all night and all, I realize as you are speaking, sometimes your mind is wandering, your mind is going, you are thinking, uh-huh. but, but you are still speaking in tongues. Your spirit is praying, even though your, your mind is, is idle. Now, do you realize that after you begin to pray, as you begin to pray, you get to a place where, you know, it's like, in a way, it's, if the tongue becomes very fast and fluent, and it's like you become, in a way, emotional. You become very hyper. You become, and you, be, you probably even begin to scream. You be, it's like, Charlie, you are, you are on top. You know, sometimes some people, they, you know, they, 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 they get to that level and they, they are beside themselves. They get to that level, and I like to refer to, refer to that. You have hit a gasha. Yeah. I learned it from Hagen. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like when he says that you've hit a gasha, it's like, you know, it's like when you are drilling, they are drilling for oil. You know, they are drilling, 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 drilling. But as soon as they hit oil, the oil begins to splash upwards. Now, you know, Hagen, he comes from Texas, Oklahoma area, so where they have oil in the drain. So when they hit the oil like that, they say they have hit a gasher because it begins to gush out. You understand? It begins to gush out. But first of all, they had to drill, drill, drill before they hit a gasher. So when you are speaking, speaking in tongues and you are using your prayer language and all, you are drilling, 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 drilling. But when you hit a gasher, man, something just begins to overflow. What begins to overflow? You must interpret it. Because it is a message. It is what? A message. And when you hit that gasha like that, and you interpret it, you are prophesying. Amen. You are prophesying. Give me, give me a message. Give me a message. Look at it. If I pray in tongues, my spirit prays, but my mind lies fallow. And all that intelligence is wasted. All that spiritual intelligence is information. He's saying that if I pray in tongues, my spirit prays. If I pray in tongues and I continue to pray in tongues and I continue to pray in tongues, when I start praying in tongues, when I start praying in tongues, my spirit is praying, but my mind is fallow. My mind is fallow. My mind is unfruitful. But as I pray in tongues and pray in tongues, and I get to that place where I hit a gasher, my mind should not be fallow. My mind should not be unfruitful. If my mind continues, or if, if one's mind continues to be uh, fallow and unfruitful, when the person through tongue speaking has hit a gasha, he's saying that all that intelligence will be wasted. All that spiritual information will be wasted because the person didn't interpret it to bring it to his understanding. So it's like the person has gone, has roamed the whole world, like those movies, to search for the code. And the person got the code. The person didn't unlock the code. All that is wasted. Next week we'll teach how to interpret 
Let's talk. <laughs> Amen. So let's go back to verse 4. So prophecy. So he says that, give me King James. So, but he that, verse 5, he that prophesied is by the church. So he that prophesies, then he that speaks with tongues, except he interprets that the church may receive edifying. Amen. So I've told you about the gift of tongues, isn't it? And I've told you about, or I've mentioned to you the gift of interpretation of tongues, isn't it? And then there's also the gift of what? Prophecy. So sometimes prophecy can come automatically or prophecy can come when tongues is interpreted. You understand? So sometimes prophecy can come automatically. Like when a service and someone begins to prophesy. And then sometimes also when the interpretation to the tongues is given, it is also what prophecy. Amen. What is prophecy? What is prophecy? First Corinthians 14 verse 4. Verse 3. Alright. Now, when we say the gift of prophecy, There's a difference between foretelling for and then foretelling. Foretelling, F-O-R-E-T-E-L-L-I-N-G. Foretelling is speaking about the things, speaking about future things. Speaking about future things. That is foretelling. Now, foretelling, F-O-R-T-H. Forth telling is speaking forth the mind of God. Speaking forth the mind of God, which is not necessarily foretelling. Amen. Now, forth telling, which is the gift of, is also the gift of prophets. Actually, the, the, the gifts of the Spirit that I mentioned in the book of 1 Corinthians 12. When we talk about the gift of prophecy, it is foretelling, not foretelling. Not speaking in the future, but speaking forth the mind of God. Foretelling. F-O-R-T. Foretelling. So the gift of prophecy is foretelling. Speaking forth the mind of God. Speaking forth the mind of God. And when you speak forth the mind of God, it is it results in edification, exhortation, and comfort. It results in edification, exhortation, and comfort. Comfort. Amen. So, so let me give you an example. So sometimes when we say prophesying, so, I'm just, so that you see that uh, you have been prophesied. Amen. The, the gift of prophecy is not foretelling, not speaking in the future, but speaking forth the mind of God. So when you are prophesying, and sometimes you speak, you know, you are saying, you know, God is doing a new thing in your life. Or we, or we are prophesying, we say, God is bringing about an awakening. God is bringing a new, God is doing a new thing in your life. God is bringing about a change. God is bringing about a transformation. It is 
are, we are prophesying. We are foretelling. We are speaking for the mind of God. Amen. Amen. Last Sunday at church, I was prophesying, and I was saying that God is giving people a new name. And, and I said that God, God said that he was taking away, he was, God said he was taking away people's old names or some names, wrong names, names that, um, are, you know, for the Bible, the Bible says that some, uh, Elizabeth, who was called barren, so because she was barren, they were now calling her barren, or blind Bartimaeus. Blind, he was blind, and so they were now calling him blind Bartimaeus. You know, some people in secondary school had wrong names, or wrong nicknames. Some people were given wrong, some people were called wrong things, sometimes because of their attitude. Is it like Areche? Some people are called Areche. It's a wrong name. You know. <laughs> Somebody's name was, you know, they were caustic. You know, it's a wrong name. So God, when God said that, he's, he's changing people's name and and giving people a new name. Amen. When I gave that prophecy, it was I was not it was not foretelling. I was not saying something about the future per se, but I was speaking for the mind of God. I was speaking for the mind of God. Let's look at Luke chapter 1 verse 67. Luke 1 verse 67. Look at it. It says that, and his father Zacharias was filled with Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, now let's look at the prophecy that he gave. He was filled with Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, next verse, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he had visited and redeemed his people. This was a prophecy. He was prophesying. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he had visited and redeemed his people. Next verse. And had raised up an horn of salvation for us, in the house of his servant David, verse 17. As he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have, which have been since the world began, verse 71. That we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. When Zacharias said these things, he was prophesying. The things that he said, it didn't look futuristic. It, he didn't say something like, okay, um, you know, in, in five years' time, you are going to be in the U.S. working in, working in a certain company. Or you are, you are going to... You are going to get married to this person. <laughs> Amen. That has to do with you know, when, when people speak for, uh, for telling of futuristic things, eh, it has more to do with word of knowledge and word of wisdom. It has more to do with word of knowledge and word of wisdom. So it is, they are foretelling by the Spirit of God. They are speaking futuristic things by the Spirit of God. And it's usually people who are called into the office of the prophet, or the prophetic office, who function in that aspect. But when we, there's the gift of prophecy where you are speaking forth the mind of God. And it works. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Luke 1 verse 42. Luke 1 verse 42. Yeah, start from verse 41. It says, that, And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with Holy Ghost. And so when she was filled, she began to prophesy. Next verse. She was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice because she was filled with the Holy Ghost and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. She was prophesying. When she, she, was speaking, she was speaking to Mary. She was speaking to Mary. She was filled with the Spirit of God and speaking to Mary or prophesying to Mary and saying to Mary that, Mary, you are, say what? Mary, you are blessed among women. Mary, blessed is the fruit of your womb. Next verse. All right, so, Mary, blessed, you are blessed among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. That sentence that she gave, she was prophesying. She was prophesying. Amen. She was prophesying. Hebrews 1, verse 1. Let me quote it. You are delaying. God, who has sundry times and in diverse manners, spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. <laughs> You see, look, at it says that God at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. And, you know, this scripture is making us see that God chooses how he wants to speak. God chooses, God has different ways of speaking. And he chooses how to speak. So we must not put God in a box. Amen. We must not put God in the, in the box by limiting prophecy just to foretelling. But see that when God, when one is operating with a gift of prophecy, which is resulting in foretelling, it is also God speaking. And we must see it as God also speaking. And like we saw from First Corinthians, it is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. Edification, exhortation and call. Like, like when, when I was prophesying, I told you Sunday I was prophesying and I said, some people are receiving a new name. There were people, people were blessed. Amen. Amen. People were blessed. Yesterday, yesterday also, somebody, somebody sent me a message. The person told me that, you know, I think two weeks, or, two weeks ago or so, I, I anointed the people. Okay. They, I anointed the people in church. At Chimota, and then I prophesied to one of them that, um, good things are going to happen to the person this year. Wow. <laughs> and all of, now, the person has gotten a job. Wow. So the person was telling me that, you know, so the person, you know, who reminded me of what I, the prophecy had given the person that, oh, I prophesied the person that good things are going to happen to the person this year. You see, so when I say good things are going to happen to the person this year, it is not necessarily, of course, I've said this year, but it is not necessarily foretelling. You, you get me? It's not necessarily foretelling, but it is foretelling. And it brought edification, exhortation, and comfort. If I, I prophesy to you that good things are happening to you this year, are, are you not comforted by it? It is God speaking. You understand? So when you, when you believe it, 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 it works. Amen. And, and the reason why, the reason why forth 
foretelling or the gift of prophecy is important. Is important. It's because uh, the reason why the speaking for the mind of God is important is because even though God has willed it, even though it is the mind of God, it has to be spoken for it to come to pass. God has to use a human vessel to speak it for it to come to pass. Because even though God has willed it and purposed it, if it is not spoken, it will not come to pass. Let me even give you an example of um, Ruth and Irama that I prayed for them. You know, what I told them was not the, I was not foretelling. I was speaking the mind of God to them. Amen. I was speaking the mind of God to them. And in speaking the mind, and so this is something that God has willed for them. Or God has, God has thought of or planned for them. So I, I have to, I was an agent of prophecy to speak it so that what God has willed or what God has planned for them will be established in their lives. So, you know, don't take for granted your prophesying. The reason why you have to say it because even though sometimes it's not future, the reason why you just say it is because it will edify somebody. It will encourage somebody. It will comfort somebody. And then also, it will come to pass in the person's life. God needs it. God needs somebody to speak it out so that it will be established and it will come to pass in the person's life. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a clap of him. And actually, let me add something that every one of us must prophesy. First Corinthians 14, verse 1. Every one of us must prophesy. First Corinthians 14, verse 1. He said, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather than what ye may prophesy. Desire spiritual gifts. However, decide to prophesy. Decide to prophesy. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's go to the next gift. So the first gift. So I have spoken about the vocal gifts, isn't it? The vocal gifts, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and then prophecy. Now let's come to the revelation gifts. The revelation gifts, word of knowledge. Word of knowledge is getting to know things supernaturally. Getting to know things supernaturally. Getting, to, getting information supernaturally by the Spirit of God. So when it comes to um, names, phone numbers, you know, um, account numbers, <laughs> pin numbers, you know, where, where, where somebody comes from, mentioning their hometown. You understand? All those things. It's, it's knowledge, isn't it? It's information. And the person, the person didn't know the information, but the person got to know the information from the Spirit of God. It is word of knowledge. Let's look at John 1 verse 47 to 50. Let's do it quickly. I'll give you a number of scriptures just to show you in the Bible. 
Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said unto him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Next verse. Nathanael said unto him, eh, Now Jesus hadn't met Nathanael. This is the first time he was meeting Nathanael. He said, An Israel, Israelite indeed, in whom is, there is no guile. Nathanael said unto him, When knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou was under the tree, I saw thee. Jesus was there. Jesus was not there. And Nathanael was like, Ah, Jesus. Okay, give me NLT so that it's, it's modern English. NLT or message. As they approached, Jesus said, Now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How did Jesus know that? Next verse. So, Nathaniel didn't deny it. That means that it was true. So Nathaniel goes like, How do you know about me? Because really, that means that what Jesus said was true. Nathaniel asked, Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. <laughs> so Jesus was not there, but Jesus, so, so you can see, now this makes you see also that this was word of knowledge that was conveyed through vision. You get me? That's why I began by telling you that the giftings, the administration, the Bible talks about differences in administration. So in this case, uh, Jesus received the word of knowledge via a vision. He saw, he saw Nathaniel under the fig tree where Philip found him. Amen. Amen. Verse 49. All right, so you see, then Nathaniel exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God. <laughs> <laughs> when they shell like that, they know that ah, this one dead. So you see, there's nothing new under the sun. Jesus shared Nathaniel. No, Nathaniel was like Charlie. He said, Nathaniel exclaimed, Hey Rabbi, you are the son of God, King of Israel. Ah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So that was word of knowledge. Let's go to John 4, verse 18 to 20. John 4, verse 18 to 20. So this is when Jesus was speaking to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. Jesus said, he said, he said For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that said thou truly. <laughs> verse 19. He said, the woman said to me, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Jesus, Jesus didn't know the woman from anywhere, but Jesus had, this was word of knowledge. Jesus, Jesus word of knowledge. And the woman now said that, no. So the woman didn't deny it. The woman didn't deny it. So she said, that, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. She saw that the thing that Jesus is saying, it is true and he must be a prophet. Amen. Acts chapter 9, verse 10. Acts 9, verse 10. Okay, now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. Verse 11. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight. So this word of knowledge. Is that Jesus is in a vision. Jesus is giving Ananias some information. 
Arise and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayed. It's all knowledge that Ananias had in a vision. Jesus told him these things in a vision. So it's like Ananias would just get up and then go to a, the street called Straight and look for the house of Judas. And when he knocks on the house of Judas, he will ask that, is there anybody here called Saul of Tarsus? And he will say that, ah, there's a Saul of Tarsus. How do you know that there's someone here called Saul of Tarsus? And then you add that, ah, he's praying. It's word of knowledge. You get me? It's word of knowledge that he had. And again over here, you can see that he had it via a vision where Jesus was speaking to him. Amen. Let's look at 2 Samuel 12, verse 1 to 14. 2 Samuel 12, verse 1 to 14. Now, how many of you know the story of where Nathan went to see David? After David had um, killed Uriah, Uriah and slept with Bathsheba. So, and the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one which I called. So now, Nathan comes to David. And Nathan, Nathan actually, it's a whole, later I can read the whole chapter, you can't read it. But Nathan kind of knew what David had done. Or God told Nathan what David had done. So Nathan just in a wise way tried, gave David a parable. And when David, uh, so let's go to, let's go to, let, get to verse 10. And let me see something. Verse, verse 8. Verse 7. Okay, so, and Nathan said to David, Thou art the man, that said the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king of Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. Verse, verse, next verse. And I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives into thy bosom, and gave thee the house of Israel. I would, verse 9. Wherefore hast thou despised the command of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and hast taken his wife to be thy wife, and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Nathan, this is word of knowledge. Nathan knew what David had done. <laughs> you understand? So it's a word of knowledge. May you operate in the word of knowledge in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You know, remind me, I welcome. I, I can see the gift, the word of knowledge just being activated. People begin to give detailed, accurate information. Receive it in the name of Jesus. May it be stirred up in the name of Jesus. All right. So the next one is word of wisdom. The next one is Word of Wisdom. So Word of Wisdom is immediate wisdom. The Bible teaches about wisdom, that wisdom is profitable to direct, isn't it? That's what the Bible says. Now, Word of Wisdom is immediate wisdom to know what to say or do in a given situation. Immediate wisdom or instant wisdom to know what to say or do 
in a given situation. So, let's take, for example, the temptation of Jesus. We'll not read it. But in the temptation of Jesus, you realize that whatever temptation that Satan brought to Jesus, Jesus gave Satan or replied Satan with a certain scripture, isn't it? It was actually the, the operation of the word of wisdom that enabled Jesus to know what scripture to, to use to combat the devil with each of the temptations. It was a gift. So it was, in this case, it was a word of wisdom, although it was a scripture, but it was a word, because there are a lot of scriptures. Which one is most appropriate for that situation or for that particular temptation? It was a word of wisdom that gave Jesus the scripture. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 20, and now even the previous one, the previous, um, what we read about um, Nathan and David, you know what we read about Nathan and David? You know, Nathan presented it to David in a parable, isn't it? It was actually also the operation of the word of wisdom. For him to know how to, because at the end of the day, even though he was a prophet, David was still king. You understand? So uh, he had to, he had to, he needed wisdom in dealing with David. Amen. When you take First Samuel 16. First Samuel chapter 16, I believe this is chapter 16, verse 1. I see that. Now, after the death of Saul, can you go? Okay. It said, Now the Lord said unto Samuel, How long without more for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thy hand with oil and go. I will send it to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Next verse. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take an heifer with thee and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. So over here, it was a word of wisdom that um, Samuel received in carrying out the instruction that the Lord gave him. Because David was king, Saul was king, and how can he now go and anoint another person as king? Saul would have killed him. So he went to God, God, how will I do it? And God gave him a word of wisdom in how to do it. Amen. Luke chapter 20, verse 22. Luke 20, verse 22. Over here, Jesus operated the word of wisdom. Is that they came to him and said, Is it lawful for us to give tribute unto Caesar or not? Or no? Next verse. But he perceived their craftiness and said unto them, Why tempt ye me? Next verse. Show me a penny whose image and subscription has it. They answered and said, Caesar's. Next verse. And he said unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which be Caesar's, and unto God the things which be God's. They asked him that question to tempt him. But Jesus, uh, let, let's look at the next verse. And they could not take hold of his words before the people, and they marveled at his, at his answer and held their peace. They wanted to trap Jesus. You know, but the word of wisdom delivered Jesus. And that's what I'm saying that you can see that all these gifts are important. And you can see that, like I told you, what, the Bible says, covert energy is the best gift. The best gifts are the gifts that are needed per time. At this stage, what Jesus needed 
were the word of wisdom, not tongues. <laughs> is, is it tongues that Jesus needed? Is it prophecy that Jesus needed? Is it interpretation of tongues? Is it, is it gift of healing that Jesus needed here? <laughs> it's word of wisdom. Amen. So, back to the revelation gifts. We have word of knowledge, we have word of wisdom, and then we have what? Descending of spirits. Descending of spirits, we, we, you see, we are in a we are in a world of spirits, isn't it? And we need to be able to identify spirits. Sometimes you need to know it's, um, whether what's happening is from the spirit of God, is from the spirit of the devil, it's even from the human spirit. You know, like if we're, if we're in a service, in a service and somebody is falling down, is it the spirit of God that is making the person fall down? Or is a demon that is throwing the person to fall down? Or is the person himself who is falling down? <laughs> because you know that sometimes some people themselves fall down. <laughs> How do we know which one is which? Just today, I was reading uh, Jerry Savelle, and he was talking about how the, the book in the footsteps of a prophet. He was talking about how when he started with, he started ministry. He and Copeland, you know, he and Copeland, they, they were doing ministry initially, and then he said at a certain phase in, in Copeland's ministry, people were falling down. They were and it was something that they were not used to. It started, and so they went to Kenehagen, and then Kenehagen taught them about you know falling in the spirit, being still in the spirit, and all that. And Jerry Savelle was saying that you know some of the you know, when people started falling, some of the people, they were, they were faking it. You know, so he said that there are some people, he said some people were, do, do look at their back, see whether there's an usher there. <laughs> so, that makes you see that, ah, for the person to look at the person's back, see whether there's an usher there. Before falling down, they really the person. <laughs> and not only that, he also said that there are some people also uh, do hold their wig and awake and then fall down. So you can see that this one there. <laughs> but if somebody is really if somebody is really being slain in the spirit, the person will be conscious of certain things. <clears throat> Amen. So the gift of the dis, listen, descending of spirit is very important. It helps you know whether something is from the spirit of God, from the devil, from and, or, the, or the human human being. It also makes you know even you know it lets you even know the kind of spirit that one is dealing with. It lets you know the, the, the nature of the spirit, even sometimes the name of the spirit, the nature of the spirit, the name of the spirit, and sometimes also the number of the spirit or the number of demons. 
the nature of the demons. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The, the nature of the demons. I think some time back I shared with you guys how you know, I went to Kumasi and I was dealing with a, a fetish spirit. It was the descendant of spirits that made me know that it was a fetish spirit. You understand? The other day, I mean, I think we had some all night, some of you around, and one of our members you know, was speaking in the tongues. That was not the spirit of God. You understand? How did I know that these tongues is not from the spirit of God? And the person got it because the person went somewhere for somebody to lay hands on the person. That's why it's not everywhere you go to because it's not everybody that is using a proper spirit. The person went somewhere for someone to lay hands on the person. So the person was speaking in tongues, but it was not tongues from the spirit of God. <laughs> it's the descending of spirits that will let you know these things. Anything that you need the gift of descending of spirits. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Let's look at something. Acts chapter 16, verse 16 to 18. Acts chapter 16, verse 16 to 18. It says that, and it came to pass, as we went to prayer, that's Paul and I believe it was Silas or so. As we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her master's much gain by sooth saying. She had a spirit of divination. And so she was a suit what sayer. Next verse. The same, look at it. The same followed Paul and us and Christ saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who show unto us the way of salvation. Now look at it. What she was saying, was it true? It was true. This, this was Apostle Paul. He said, These men are the servants of the Most High. And they were servants of the Most High who show unto us the way of salvation. But remember I said that when she had the spirit of divination. And she was a soothsayer. But what she was saying was true. Next verse. And this did she many days. But Paul, but Paul, being grieved. You know, the person who was speaking in the tongues, that was, I asked the person, who was, I was being grieved. You see, I first heard the tongues at, no, uh, it was last year, August. I first heard it at July camp meeting. And I was not comfortable with it, but I didn't hear it a lot. So I let it go. But when we came for that all night and I was hearing, I said, no, 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 this thing there. I, I, was, too, I was uncomfortable with it. I said, this. <laughs> you see, so he said that, and this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out the same hour. So she was saying the truth, but she was using a wrong spirit. She was using the spirit of divination. She was a soothsayer, but she was saying the truth. And that is why sometimes people go for, that is why there is not every prophet that is a true prophet of God. There are people that, there are people, there are prophets in town that are saying true things. They are prophesying that, that you can, people go to them and they'll give word of knowledge, they'll say, and, they'll, and, they'll, and they may even say things that will also come to pass. But they are using a wrong spirit. They are using a wrong spirit. Amen. Amen. They are using the wrong spirit. They are using 
the spirit of divination. And they are using what we call familiar spirits. Some of them are using dwarfs. Amen. <laughs> and so you, you have to be, you have to be, you have to be descending. Amen. Amen. You have to be descending. And that's why, like I was saying, it's not, you need to develop so that it's not, it's not everywhere you go to. It's not every ministration that you should be in. It's not everyone that, it's not everybody that you should allow, it's not anybody that you should allow to lay hands on you. It's not even every Christian station or supposed Christian that you should watch. You understand? Because when one is watching those TV stations and, um, or channels or programs, and there's the transmission of spirits. Amen. Amen. So there could be they come across that they are speaking truth and they are doing, they are prophesying and all that, but it is a wrong spirit. So when somebody sits under the ministration of a wrong spirit, the person will be receiving, you know, like I told you, Ezekiel said, the spirit entered me as he spake unto me. So anytime somebody is speaking, there's a spirit backing the person. So the listener, the listener comes under the influence of the spirit backing the one speaking. There's the spirit of the one speaking, or the spirit backing the one speaking, enters the listener. <laughs> Hallelujah. Give the Lord a clap of him. So I think that we, we are done with what? The, the revelation gives. So in a way, you can see that the gift of descending of spirit is also a revelation, or it's a knowing. You, you get me? You, you, you get, that's why, that's why Hagen was saying the spirit of seeing and knowing. It's a knowing. You get to know that this is not of God. This spirit is not of God. This thing is not of God. Amen. All right, so now we move to the power gifts. Power gifts. And the power gifts, like I said, it has to do with power. It's not with power. So now we come to the gift of faith. The gift of faith. This gift of faith is different from the general faith. It's different from the faith that you have. The Bible teaches us that when you get saved, God gives to everyone the measure of faith. And then, so everyone that gets saved has a measure of faith. And the person, you grow your faith by taking in the word of God. The more you take in God's word, the Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The more you take in God's word, and the more you exercise your faith, um, you develop your faith to the extent that so the Bible talks about strong faith, weak faith, little faith, great faith. You understand? That's the faith that you you have and you develop. But then there's also the gift of faith. That is the supernatural. It's a super. It's the faith of God. It's the faith of God that God gives to somebody at a particular time for the impossible to, 
to dare the impossible. To do the impossible. To dare the impossible. Amen. To do the impossible, to dare the impossible. I, I last week also I gave the example of um, Bishop Odepo. I gave you, I told you this. Bishop Odepo, they built a 50,000 seater in one year. And you know, he, he announced it before they had started construction. He announced that it will be ready in one year. It was, it was a, a force of faith that moved him <laughs> to say, and in one year it was ready. Without, they built it without a budget. At one time, when they had, they had done the construction, one day I listened to me, he was like, you know, when they were left with two months, I think two or three months to the date he had announced, they hadn't roofed the building. And they didn't have money to roof the building. And he said some of his pastors, he said some of his pastors were concerned for him that, hey, that this thing do not meet the target. And something came to him and like, okay, well, the thing he, he announced, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he changes the date. Nothing will happen. <laughs> the people were, people were sorry for it. Like people were being compassionate, <laughs> and they needed a lot of money to finish the roofing, and the money was not there. And you know, he went to, say, he went to God in prayer, and God spoke to him. He said, God spoke. He said that, God said, it took six days for he God to create the whole well. Two months, too much. If it took six days to create the whole well. Two months, two months. So he said he came out of that, his prayer room, and he announced it. It took God six days to create the whole world. Two months, too much. Saturn said, you don't try it if you have not... <laughs> It's the, it's the force of faith at work. You understand? Do you know another example? So, you know, it's faith that does the impossible. It gets the impossible done. Another example is in the Old Testament where we see, you know, Nehemiah building the walls of Jer um, Jerusalem. Do you know that he, it took him 52 days? That's less than two months to build the city walls. That's a miracle. That's, in, that's in, in, naturally speaking, that's impossible. 52 days. 52 days. Hmm. <laughs> China built the hospital. Was. <laughs> so they built the hospital in 10 days. First Kings 17, verse 1. 1 Kings 17, verse 1. All right, so this one, when Elijah shut the heavens, and he also opened the heavens, it was the operation of the gift of faith. Because that really was a miracle. As in, that was, it's an, it's an impossible something. 
So the operation of the gift of faith. Joshua 10, verse 12 to 14. Joshua 10, verse 12 to 14. Let's make Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites. He said, Son, stand thou still upon Gideon and thou moon in the valley of Ajalon. Next verse. <coughs> and the sun stood still and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is it not, is not this written in the book of Joshua? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and hasted not to go down about a whole day. That was the gift of faith at work. Amen. All right, so the next one is the gifts of healing or healings, gifts of healings. And uh, I think that that one we've seen, you know, we've been doing, um, we have been looking at the miraculous ministry of Jesus. And so we can see all the healings that have been taking place. Amen. Amen. Then uh, we have working of miracles. Working of miracles. So usually, let me say that usually the gift of faith sometimes works in collaboration with the gifts of healings and then also the working of miracles because sometimes you need faith. There are certain miracles, and there are certain miracles that, there are certain healings that are also miracles. I, I think I mentioned it last week. So sometimes we refer to them as a healing miracle. For example, like um, when somebody is maimed, the person's limbs have been cut off and uh, it grows out. That's a miracle. It's a, it's a healing and it's also a miracle. Resurrection of the dead is a miracle. Amen. It's a miracle. And in a way, you can also look. So, you know, like power gives something that they work. Resurrection of the dead, like they say, is a miracle. It requires a gift of faith. And it's also a healing. Because the person probably died because of a particular sickness. So the sickness will have to be healed also. Other person, otherwise, the person will come back and then die again. So there's, a he- there's healing taking place, miracle taking place, and then faith also. Amen. Amen. Acts 12, verse... All right, uh, Acts 19. All right, let me just read. Acts 19, verse 11. And God wrote special miracles by the hands of Paul. Verse 12. Look at that. So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. That's a special miracle. Where, you know, they brought, Paul himself didn't appear there. They took handkerchiefs and aprons from Paul. And, and they brought them to the sick. So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons. And what's that? So they, like, they brought handkerchiefs, they touched Paul's body. And they took their handkerchief. And when they, they, they departed from the people, and the evil spirits went out of them. So when the evil spirits saw the handkerchief, <laughs> can you imagine it? When the evil spirits saw the handkerchief, no, when the diseases came into contact with the handkerchief, no, they left. I see you working such spiritual miracles in Jesus' name. All right. So we've seen the spiritual gifts mentioned in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 9, 
what are what are the three category what are the three groupings of the spiritual gifts The vocal gifts, the revelation gifts, and then the power gifts. Which gifts constitute the vocal gifts? Which gifts constitute the revelation gifts? And which gifts constitute the power gifts? Hallelujah. Shall we go? Shall we be on our feet? I want you to talk to the Lord. The Bible said that we should, we should covet earnestly the best gifts. And the Bible said that desire spiritual gifts. So I want you to pray and mention all these gifts. Tell the Lord that you desire them. You desire to function in them. You desire to operate in them. The Spirit of the Lord should empower you to function and flow and operate in these giftings in the name of Jesus Christ. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit. And the Spirit of God gives to every man severally as he will. Shall we pray? Father, I want to thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I pray for the, thank you for the, and the release of the giftings of your spirit in each and every one of us in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that the giftings that are in us, because the spirit of God dwells in our expression, full manifestation, full administration, full operation in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that indeed the manifestation of the spirit is given to each and every one of us to profit. Thank you, Lord, that we function, we operate. Lord, the word of wisdom the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, Lord, the, the gift of healing, descending of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, gifts of working of miracles, gifts of, gift of faith in the name of the Lord Jesus, descending of spirits. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you that your people is released in the lives of your people in the name of the Lord Jesus. Is released in the lives of your people. Tongues, diverse kinds of tongues. In the name of Jesus. Interpretation of tongues. Receive in the name of Jesus. Receive the gift of prophecy. Receive the word of knowledge. Receive the word of wisdom. Receive the descending of spirits. Receive the gift of faith. Receive the gifts of healings. Receive the working of miracles. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us demonstrate your power. Let us put your gifts, the best gifts, to work in every situation and in every circumstance. We take all the weapons that you have issued for us, the best weapons of the well-made well materials. We use them for the furtherance of your kingdom in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray. The Lord is speaking to me that, you know, some people are going to have dreams, and in, in the dreams, you see, you see some of you to be an angel. Some of you see a man of God giving you a gift. 
imparting to you, laying hands on you, imparting something to you, you are receiving giftings. You see it in, a, in your dreams. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name. The Lord says to tell someone that be bold, be strong, and be confident. The Lord says to tell someone that be very courageous and step out in faith and use the giftings that God has given you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Rabba Shadabalaba. Radalaba. People's spiritual sensitivities are heightened. The Lord is telling me that people's spiritual sensitivities are heightened. People are coming to the place of alertness in the spirit. Your spiritual eyes are opened in Jesus' name. Your spiritual ears are opened in the name of Jesus. Your spiritual sense of smell is opened in the name of Jesus. Your spiritual sense of taste is heightened in the name of Jesus. Your spiritual sense of touch is heightened in the name of Jesus. Your spiritual sensitivities and alertness are heightened. May you, may you be conscious of the spirit realm. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name have we prayed. And all the saints shall say, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a mighty clap of us. Take your seats. Want to receive the tithes.